Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum. Yeah, so I started to think about gender as an issue for myself about three years ago. Someone like I, I was I started hearing about it. I was interested in it. I ended up interviewing my first interview of like uh, my the safe space was someone who identified as non-binary. And I remember being very uncomfortable when I was talking to them about it and hearing like it made me uncomfortable because I associated with it. Um, and then. Yeah, I don't know how much like I'm going to share, like I'm going to produce like a properly produced video where I go through like the whole thing. But right. basically, I was freaking out at right away. Like I sort of within a couple of months, I came out as non-binary. But like, you know, it just went into the ether. No one engaged with me about it. I posted something about it. And I was just trying to th- kind of work through it and think out loud. Um, but I was freaking out in therapy. Like there was something that made me think I was a lesbian, right? Like, so a woman who likes mm-hmm. women, that's the word that really stood out in my mind. I told some friends about that, but I didn't know what that meant. And all of the sort of guidance, like I disagree with everything that's like sort of popular media about gender, which right. makes sense. Cause it's definitely not in line with objectivism. Um, yeah. But there was like no guidance. I couldn't know actually how to come to this conclusion. Right. Like what, what does it mean? I feel like a woman or whatever. Right. Like right. it didn't make any sense to me at the time. And so um, I sort of was thinking about it, dealing with it. The happiest sort of period I ever had was like the summer after that. I had a lot of female friends. I felt really connected to them. I was much more emotional writing a lot of poetry and that kind of stuff. Um, then I had like a mental health crisis for a few months and I, uh, from like at the end of, um, 2018, not directly related to this, but I was like freaking out about this, you know, relatively often just kind of in the background because there was so much chaos in my life at that time. Um, then I went to Waterloo and the like few months in Waterloo from December, 2019 to, let's say April 20, no, December 2018 to April 2019, that's sort of the most calm I've ever felt. Um, Like I had a good routine. I was doing lots of mindfulness practices and I really started to feel more feminine. And I started to think of myself in a feminine way. I bought some female clothes for the first time and I really started to sort of explore this. And in my journaling at the time, it was sort of like I had two, it was because I sort of said I was like two spirited, which is sort of one term for your both male and female. Mm -hmm. And when I was journaling, I would sort of journal like to myself and there was a male and a female and the female was so loving and compassionate and so many things I wanted to be. Right. Um, And I could show myself that, but at the time it was still sort of like, associated like I'm pretending I'm talking to my ex-girlfriend or like things like that but eventually it was like no I'm talking to myself and there's like a male and a female sort of right um and so I was in sort of like a good place around that um in April but then in April 2019 I did the the like Vipassana meditation retreat like a 10-day silent meditation retreat which like totally fucked with my brain (laughs) Like it 
rewired stuff. I couldn't journal like that anymore. Like it totally, it like it literally felt like it changed the way my brain worked. Um, and so like, I didn't have access to that anymore. And then a couple months later, I went to the objectivism conference and got like whole hog into objectivism. Right. And so right. it was like my, my right brain took over again. So I was like half in crisis mode, half in like, I need to figure this out. So I was just like obsessed with this stuff. Right. And so it almost felt like I forgot about gender for a year. Mm. Um, right. And then in March this past year, I had a certain sort of like trigger of past trauma. And so it like the feminine side, like came back with a vengeance. Like during that time, there was always sort of like certain days where I'd be sort of grounded and feel feminine, but I was kind of living in chaos. But anytime I felt good, I felt calm, mindful, present, I felt feminine. Um, And then, so then that trigger happened and I had chaos from like March to August this year. And it was like, you know, I started to sort of like, it was like I had, when I would have therapy, it was almost like I was giving myself couples therapy in my mind. Cause I had the, the, the male and the woman, right. That I used to refer to as like the two, they were like fighting and I couldn't get them to agree. I couldn't get them to negotiate. Right. And we did an episode where I was talking about like your relationship with your wife. And like, it was sort of like, I was going through this in my head. Um, and then Basically, I, I moved here this is to this apartment in September and I started to finally calm down, right? So it was like August, I finally like dealt with, let's say the trauma that was triggered in March. And so I finally started to calm down again and I finally feel settled in my like objectivism studies and like this kind of thing. So it was like, okay, what am I going to think about now? What am I going to uh, worry about now? And one thing that came to mind is like my personal style. Like I just wanted to care about my personal style for some reason. And then by coincidence, I talked to someone who's a, like a homosexual objectivist. He posted something about trans issues. I replied with a comment about like psycho epistemology and like how to think about trans issues properly. And him and I ended up talking for an hour about it. And like, I asked a bunch of questions because I, like my right brain won't let my left brain, so to speak, relax and accept something unless it makes sense. Right. Right. Cause like, I don't know if my emotions make sense. I want to make sure it's logical. Right. Sure. Um, and so it helped um, like asking him to help me frame it. Right. And just asking him questions about how does he think about it? It helped. And then when I went to Florida, basically um, I was in a weird headspace, but then I wanted to drink coffee because I like coffee helped like make my subconscious louder basically. And I was like terrified of drinking a cup of coffee, like terrified. And I was like, Hmm. this this is bizarre. Like why I asked myself, like, why am I scared of drinking a cup of coffee? And my mind yelled because of gender. And I like, it totally like came out. It seemed to come out of nowhere for me because I'd forgotten like I was dealing with it so much like a year and a half ago. Right. It was very right. bizarre. Um, but so I drank the coffee and then all of this stuff started coming up and it was like a lot of hate, like a lot of self-hate. Like, how did I not focus on this for so long? It's so important to me. Like, and it felt like I had neglected myself for like a year. Um, and then basically since then, that was at the start of December, while in Florida, I was spending a lot of time like introspecting, thinking about this, 
trying to understand what was going on, testing it. Okay, let's paint my nails, see how it feels. And I started to explore it and I started to really think about things and it was, and, and like pay attention to my body more. Cause like I struggle with that just generally. Um, and it, it was the only answer that made sense. It was the only answer left. And so like, right. I had to accept it and it was extremely difficult. And so I'm still sort of like, I've only come to accept it, uh, five weeks ago or something. And it's been very, very difficult to deal with. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, but that's sort of. Well, I'm not even in your body or your mind and I'm, I'm, you know, trying to make sense of it. Like it seems super confusing. I could imagine being, having that constantly going through your head about, uh, you know, what's the relationship. Yeah. Uh, you know, what even is gender versus yeah. sex versus all these things. And, um, what does it mean? And I, when you were just talking there, I was thinking back to uh, this book, uh, uh, or I don't know if it's a book or a psychotherapy kind of theory called family. I think it's called family systems or something like that. I have a book here somewhere, I think, on my shelf about it and dive back into it. But um, Stefan Molyneux used to talk about this all the time. And it's like, uh, you know, the theory is that, look, you're personality is made up of and your inner monologue is all these competing persons in dialogue with each other constantly right that you are not even aware of subconsciously and i think family systems therapy helps you get in touch with these different voices because basically the theory is that our personality is just an essentially an amalgam of all the people that you know impress themselves on our mind during our development developing years so we have the mother the father the brother the the you know aunt, all these different um people or which your brain almost turns into archetypes kind of thing and they're in constant dialogue and sometimes conflict with each other um stefan molyneux calls it the miko system right it's a it, it, there's not like a self in there so much as there's kind of this committee of of uh of different parts of yourself uh, that are almost like they're each their own person constantly in dialogue with each other. And so the, the goal of the therapy is to try to get them into synergize, you know, and to honor each one of those things and not like, um, you know, even if it was a voice in the past that traumatized you, it was like honoring that voice in terms of what have you learned? What, what does that voice now, how can you use that voice to contribute to your life in a positive way and that sort of thing. So that that's just what kind of what came to my mind when you were talking there is like, you know, cause you're describing this kind of battle between two different voices in your head, almost um, going back and forth. And, and that uh, sounds, so my question is, um, just out of curiosity, how do you, I guess, define gender and versus its relation to sex and all that kind of thing? Yeah, so I, I can't answer that succinctly, right? So I'm planning because right. there's so much wrong context out there. So I have an, I can send it to you personally, uh, not all of the listeners, sorry, but right. I have an eight page document. I've outlined every single issue that needs to be clarified. And I'm right. planning to do a two oh, wow. day, like 10 to 15 hour film shoot where mm -hmm. I cover every single topic. 
Um, and are these things you've thought about or are you using this as a, as kind of a, a tool for exploring no, all these, these questions? I've thought about because okay. like my mind wouldn't accept the fact that I'm transgender unless right. I figured it all out basically. Yeah. So I'm putting forward my view of the answers, let's say, or a, I'm not necessarily going to put it forward that explicitly, but I'm going to, I've thought about it. I know what my answer is and I'm going to put it forward at least as a question. Like maybe it's this way. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, like the, the own, I'll say the, maybe not the only, but the fundamental thing as to actually being having gender dysphoria is like my mind's relationship to my body. Right. Mm -hmm. So like when I pay attention to my body, there's physical pain now, like in my chest and in my genital genital region. And like, when I think about like sexual urges, they're feminine urges, which is very confusing. And like, right. Right. Like, and it's, you know, not to get into it, this might make some people, some listeners uncomfortable, but like that's there. And it's like, so clearly right. that's right. Like, and when you, and when you say, from, and when you say, sorry, just to clarify, when you say feminine urges, you're talking about how you would imagine someone who identifies as a female thinking. Right. And, and so it's no, kind of like, so it, no, it's, it's more like, I, I don't know how to say it without being let, let's like explicit. Right. Cause basically I have a desire for, my partner to act a way in sex that men would act. And I want to feel oh. the way a woman's body would receive that act. Like that's right, right. the urge I have. Okay. Right. Gotcha. And so it's, it's very peculiar to me. Um, hmm. But like, there's a real deep desire and pain for different genitals. Right. Um, which is totally not the focus of like, it has nothing to do with how I want to dress and present myself. Cause not anyone can dress right. however they yeah. want and stuff like that's where the conversation is focused and it's totally not important. Right. Yeah. And that's sort of a big issue with the, the larger narrative, but I do want to jump just to comment on your, the stuff you were saying about therapy. I don't, I mean, I don't know enough about the actual technique and stuff, but on the surface, I don't overall agree like that there's no self and that you have to sort of reconcile with these voices. But I think there's like a self that gets buried under those voices. Right. Right. And so all of the things you tell yourself, that's where that comes from your parents and this sort of thing. And you have to sort of reconcile with it, but then your actual self, your is like the you that decides, right? Like your consciousness in control of, but for me, it's like the observer. It's like the inner observer that's observing that committee kind of talking back and forth well, to so each other. Almost. I think there's like two observers. There's the like subconscious and the conscious observer. And so the subconscious right. observer is like sort of the deep self that has desires that like you love shooting guns. You don't know why, but you love it. It's some deep right. urge in you to shoot guns, right? Um, but I do associate basically with like for me, the easy, I don't know if this is true or accurate, but the easiest way for me to conceptualize it was there was like a father, a mother, a son, and a daughter. And it was really interesting because for a long time, when I started to sort of journal to myself, show myself compassion, there was the son, the little boy I'd been, 
who couldn't get his shit together. There was the father who was like, get your shit together. And then there was the mother who showed me a lot of love. But like, so, but there was only an adult woman, right? And it was a big realization for me in therapy. Like, I think there's a little girl there too. Like, I think there's a young girl and where is she? Why is she so buried? Cause like that woman in my mind would have come from somewhere, right? Like type thing. Right. But so that's sort of the way I view it is there's the, there's like the, the two spirits of the two genders and then there's sort of the parent and the child. Um, mm. and that's helped me sort of navigate. And what's really interesting because we won't get too into it here again because this is still very early in my thinking development, but I think I might have leads. I mean, I think I have a lot of knowledge about how my mind works like pretty specifically. Um, but... I actually think that gen like my gender parts of my gender dysphoria are related to sort of the the like want versus should spectrum, right? And right. so it's almost as if like um, I I always did what I should do as a boy and never did anything I wanted to do if it was a thing girls want, and so it's almost like mm. that totally split in my mind. And so even though I now would still, cause it like, you know, am I non-binary? Am I too spirited right. or am I trans? But it almost feels like all of the masculine stuff I do, or I like to do, I don't have like a deep association with it. It's almost like it's just gender neutral, right? All of, right. it's like all of my right brain, so to speak, or all of my, like all of my masculine stuff, I don't dislike it and it's like my sort of automatic mode, but it's like, I don't care about it. It's not like I have any urge for it, any value associated with it, but the feminine right. stuff I do. So it's like a, it's like a weird imbalance. So that's why it's like, okay. Like, and so that in addition to the actual like bodily experience, that's right. why I like decided, let's say, or I've come to conclude that hmm. I do have gender dysphoria. It's like and those you, two major. And things. do you think there's anything to uh, the idea, you know, quite often what's taboo is kind of becomes more attractive to us or something like that. So, you know, the way you kind of described it as your, as a child is there's things you should do and things you wanted to do, but you felt kind of maybe ashamed or there was some block there. And obviously that block wasn't put there by you. It might've been put there by culture at large or by your fa immediate family or whatever, you know, and quite often young boys are told, don't cry, don't do that girly thing. You know, only girls um, play with dolls or whatever. And, and so you might feel like lesser than if you do what you naturally want to do, which is maybe play with those dolls or whatever. And so, um, you know, I wonder if part of the dysphoria has to do with that conflict that was created by um, the external environment, right? Which is, this is how boys are supposed to act. This is how girls are supposed to act. There's supposed to be a clear dividing line between there. But in, in reality, some boys like to play with dolls and I even know some little boys who like to put on dresses and they kind of grow out of it and their, their parents accept it. And it's like, to me, it seems like that little boy who was just allowed to be express himself however he wanted to would probably have less of an issue going forward in terms of um, 
feeling like the two genders are at war with each other in his mind. He could just accept the fact that yeah, I'm a biological man and I like to do some things that girls typically like to do, you know, but um, might not feel as confused or, or whatever about their body and that sort of thing and how it doesn't match what their desires are. Yeah, I think like, I think that's essentially right, right? Like, and I was so sensitive from and so aware from such a young age and I, I cared so much about being right. So it's almost like I, I really internalized it and shut myself off from all of my femininity as soon as I could, because I wasn't right. supposed to. But I think yeah. if I had been allowed to explore it, then yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, have this, right? Right. Like, and, and that's why, and, and you know, I'm sure people will be mad about that and, and may disagree, but that's my current view, right? that that's what it came down to. Um, Cause honestly, what I've been going through right now also almost feels like puberty, right? Like right. it feels like I never really had experiences that are the stereotype of puberty that I see in movies and stuff, but it feels like that's what I'm going through now. And if I was 13 and wanting to try on dresses and go to school in a dress, like I could do that and it would feel more comfortable. I'm not going to go to a business meeting in a frilly dress. I'm trying to build a business, right? I have right. to accept that there are certain parameters of practicality. I can wear a dress at home or whatever, but it's not the same. But like, I think if I could have explored this at a different age, like, you know, one thing I think about when I'm most 70 year old people look pretty androgynous, everyone sort of turns into black, right, right. They're the same kind of clothes, yeah. right? Like that's where we're all headed anyways, right? Yeah. That, like we average out over time. And so I think if I would have had the ability to explore this earlier, it would have manifested differently um, mm -hmm. and probably would have been less painful and stuff. Yeah. And I think especially, yeah, it's like, you know, we still don't know very much about how the like very young mind wires itself, right? I'm trying to, I, I think I will be able to help us as a culture, as a society, understand that better. But um, yeah, I do think that's like deeply related in, in yeah. my current thinking. Hmm. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, I look forward to hearing more about this and seeing all the stuff you've worked through and, uh, you know, super, super interesting to me, um, you know, this stuff. And, uh, you know, I uh, have incredible amount of uh, sympathy for you going through this. I mean, it's gotta be super tough. Um, yeah, to have that. these conflicting wars. And so, you know, you, you always got, I always got your back. You always have my support and, uh, you know, whatever you decide is, uh, your decision, I'm going to support it. So, um, you know, a, a part of me hopes that you don't go, uh, cutting your dick off just yet. And like you, you give this a little bit more thought kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, cause I don't want you to do anything that, <laughs> that you regret. Um, but at the end of the day, I also know that you think very carefully about these things. You're very in tune with your inner self more than, you know, probably anyone else I know. So, um, you know, who am I to, to have skepticism, uh, if you don't. Right. So, so that's, uh, that's I, where I'm at. That really means a lot. I, I sincerely appreciate that. And, and you're, and you always support me. So thank you. I really appreciate yeah. it. No problem.